0: You're listening to Grindhouse Courthouse. We put movies on trial to determine whether or not a film has committed too many movie misdemeanors to be considered viewable. Please rise for the honorable judge this
1: episode. All right, okay. Let's get the let's get the energy in here, guys. Let's, let's bring up, let's bring up this energy. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Grindhouse Courthouse. This week I'm the judge, which means that until I finish my introduction, I can ramble about whatever I want. Sahara is a 2005 (laughs) film based around a series of novels from Clive Cussler. It was directed by Breck Eisner and stars Matthew McConaughey, Steve Zahn, and Penelope Cruz. The plot centers around two treasure hunters and a World Health Organization doctor who team up to find a lost American Civil War ironclad warship in the middle of the Sahara Desert. No, you didn't hear me wrong. This movie is primarily about how a bunch of good old boys from down south took valuable resources away from the war effort and straight into the middle of a fucking African desert. (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, there are a bunch of other characters and subplots that deal with uh, corporate malfeasance, uh, civilian life during times of war, uh, poisoning literally the entire planet's water supply, Uh, and also a guy who had a boat at the start of the movie had his boat destroyed and he doesn't have a boat so he wants his boat back <laughs> and also there may or may not be child soldiers in this movie <laughs> joining me today as both the prosecution and a diehard clive cussler fanatic we have dylan hell yeah what up joining me today as both the defense and someone who appreciates good cinema we have matthew what's up joining me today as both the jury and hapless bystander who is going to help me piece together what this movie is about we have dave hello Also, Adam's here. Hey. Uh, Let's start with some opening statements. Now, I don't know which one of you goons is prepared the most, but uh, we'll start with whoever's brave enough to lead.
0: I'll go ahead. I'm, I'm fairly confident. So, as the highly esteemed, handsome judge so cogently pointed out, this is a complex film that stitches together multiple narratives, kind of like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Maybe even a a little bit more adeptly than 2001 A Space Odyssey. So, Sahara (laughs) is this highly skilled adaptation of the book by the same name written by the author and underwater adventurer Clive Cussler. The 11th installment of the Dirk Pitt series... No relation to Brad. (laughs) Sahara joins the ranks of other literary masterpieces like Pacific Vortex, The Mediterranean, Iceberg, Raise the Titanic, Vixen, Night Probe, Deep Six, Cyclops, (laughs) Treasure, Dragon, Inca Gold, Shockwave, Flood Tide, Atlantis Found, Valhalla Rising, Trojan Odyssey, Black Wind, Treasure of Khan. Arctic Drift, Crescent Dawn, Poseidon's Arrow, Havana Storm, Odessa Sea, and Celtic Empire. We sadly lost Clive Cussler in 2020, but if you think that stopped him from publishing more books, you must have a busted up brain, because he has not one, not two, not three, but four books coming out in 2021. The Serpent's Eye, The Saboteur, Fast Ice, And the final installment of the Dirk Pit series, The Devil's Sea. Until at least there's more books in the Dirk Pit series. (laughs) So if you like any of these other 25 books, Sahara is the movie for you. Oh, yeah, and it's about a treasure hunt. <laughs> Holy
2: shit.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Very, very succinct. I have a feeling that we're going to be focusing a lot on the movie's merits and not just whatever the fuck Clive Custer was thinking when he wrote this film. Matthew, your opening statements, please. What the
3: fuck did I just listen to? Oh, my God. I feel I feel like the same statement could be used for my prosecution of this crap heap of a movie i i just at, at a loss for words about this garbage like you know judge we spent a lot of time recently talking about ethan hunt and the impossible mission force and some might say we talked about them too much about how ridiculous every scene is how lazy they are how little they think of their audience i didn't think i would miss all of that until i saw sahara and by the way, I think that's how it's pronounced. Defense.
1: <laughs> Let us take a second now to all simultaneously pronounce the title of this film. Sahara. 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 Nailed it. Okay, we're all nailed it. Ah, please continue.
3: <laughs> thank, thank you, Judge. But you know, the thing about those Mission Impossible movies is at least they seem to know what they are. Sahara. Sahara has no idea what it is. Is this like an Indiana Jones movie? Is it James Bond? Is it a Ken Burns documentary about the American Civil War? <laughs> I have no clue. It, can't, it certainly can't be a rom-com because we don't see Matthew McConaughey's nipples nearly enough for that. I just have no idea what this movie is, and the movie doesn't know what it is either. Now, judge, members of the jury, you are beautiful, smart, voluptuous people with lots of things to do in your life. Don't waste your time with this garbage movie. This movie is dumb. Don't watch it.
1: Thank you. <laughs> to the point. Powerful the point. words. Powerful words. Direct and to the point. Uh, I think I know which way I'm leaning based off that stirring uh, opening statement. But uh, let's let's dive into some evidence here. Who's presenting? Because the first one, we're talking about adventure starting slash plague destroying Africa. I didn't see any of this, so I don't know anything about it. So I
3: guess we could start off with, I guess, the prologue of the movie, which basically goes back to the American Civil War. And we're in this like naval battle where they have this clunky ironclad ship tank thing, and it's in this battle. And then a bunch of explosions happen, and then they board it up and sail for Africa or something. It's as ridiculous as it sounds. So then we get into the real start of the movie. There is a plague happening in Mali. There are some treasure hunters. There are... There's like a warlord happening. Like, I don't know what's happening in this movie right from the start here. Um, defense, I can you get make heads or tails of this from the get-go? Yeah, it's super e- simple.
0: I don't understand why you can't
3: wrap your <laughs> mind around it.
0: There's a Civil War ironclad that goes missing in the Sahara Desert sometime in the 1860s. 150 years later, there's an ongoing Civil War, and Don Cheadle, or somebody who looks kind of like Don Cheadle, I don't remember who it was exactly now, <laughs> He is an African warlord. They're trying to cover up a plague outbreak and Penelope Cruz is a World Health Organization official who's investigating this plague outbreak Also, there's a French businessman who's hiding stolen or, not stolen, but he's hiding radioactive waste. And this is what's causing the plague outbreak. Also, there's a a rebel group that look like the dudes from the beginning of The Mummy. And they're fighting the general. Also, Matthew McConaughey and his special needs buddy are trying to find this lost (laughs) ship. What's so hard to understand about that?
1: (laughs) My my Can mistake. we get uh, a quick uh, setup on the guy who had a boat and then <laughs> loses his boat? Because I feel like that's gonna be really important to help everybody's understanding.
0: Yes, this <laughs> guy is Clive Cussler, played by William H. Macy with the name James Sandecker. He's actually the boss of the real life business, Numa, that Clive Cussler owns to discover, you know, shipwrecks because the only way to finance 25 fucking books is to go and find a goddamn treasure and publish them. (laughs) Otherwise, it's impossible. So you gotta have a side hustle. Anyway, (laughs) William (laughs) H. Macy's got a boat and they're looking for this ironclad. We learn a little bit about the protagonist, Dirk Pitt, through a series of newspaper clippings. So we always talk about like, show, don't say in movies. This is the epitome of showing, not saying. So we learn about (laughs) Dirk Pitt. He's this naval dude who went to Naval Academy with his best bud, Al Giordano. Al Giordano has a learning disability. And so Dirk Pitt brings him along on these adventures... (laughs) <laughs> to, to give him a taste of what normal life is like. There's also a second comedic relief in the character of Rudy Gunn, played by Rain Wilson. But he's the other kind of comedic relief because he's the smart guy. So the whole the whole setup is basically they're trying to find this ironclad, this old Civil War ironclad shit. And
3: yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then trouble ensues, I guess. I don't know. It's It's so convoluted. Like you pair... Apparently, you need to have a PhD in history in order to understand any of the things that happened in this movie or how all these pieces fit together. Because really, there are like eight different movies in this thing. How do you stitch them all together? It's, it's ridiculous.
1: I'll wait. I'll wait for you to stitch them all together. <laughs> I, mean, I will not. you'll it's watch not my Sahara. Them together. That's how you stitch together. <laughs> granted. Sorry, I think you beat Sahara. Granted, Sahara seems like a very busy film. I think we can all uh, agree with that. Now, are there any other points you want to make about the beginning of the adventure and the, uh, the the plague before we move on to maybe some chase scenes, maybe some people fighting around, maybe some wells? I don't know. Just to throw out some words off the top of my head. Oh, my God. So, Tell me about boat chases. <laughs> I want to know more about boats. <laughs> what about the guy who lost his boat? So for some reason,
3: there's this boat scene. They're, they're traveling down the Niger River, and parted ways with Penelope Cruz, with Ava Rojas. And then some, I guess some military officials just kind of casually come up to the boat and Matthew McConaughey and his special needs friend decide that they have to just escape immediately instead of just talking to them calmly. And then there's a boat chase and they start shooting at them and there's a bunch of trouble and, and shenanigans ensue and they blow up the boat and william h macy's real sad about it oh my god he's so sad and that's really the real where the heart of this movie is which is ultimately pretty empty and pretty sad (laughs) (laughs) okay but the reason the reason
0: the boat chase happens is because they think that so the, the the whole thing you have to understand is is the relationship between dirk pitt and Ava rojas so Ava rojas is played by penelope cruz so she is being threatened by brown people And this white guy has to come save her. Classic story. Anyway. (laughs) It's pretty heroic. It's pretty, pretty heroic. So anyway, Dirk Pitt saves her from from these guys who are trying to kill her for, you know, investigating the plague that's breaking out. And that puts him on the shit list of the evil dictator from, I think, the Congo. I can't remember. Or maybe Nigeria. I can't remember which exact country he's a dictator of. Molly? Okay.
3: I think it's I think it's Molly.
0: And so so they, they're they don't care about Dirk Pitt so much. They he's just trying to find a treasure and they're like, whatever, do what you're gonna do. They're worried about this woman who's going to let the cat out of the bag about this plague that they're trying to keep under wraps. And that's why the boat chase ensues because they think she's on the boat or she is on the boat with them anyway. That just explains why that happened, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. But
1: with this, it's quite clear. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, ex- like
3: absolutely clear. Like, it's, uh, yeah, crystal clear. Otherwise, the whole movie falls apart right after this. Yeah, right? you
1: can't just, like, have a boat in a movie and then, like, have it be destroyed later without saying why the boat was destroyed. That's just bad <laughs> screenwriting. Quick, quick question, how many screenwriters were on this movie?
3: There were, by my count, there are at least... 10, and then four get credited at <laughs> the end.
2: And we all know that the
3: value of a movie goes up in direct correlation with how many screenwriters you have. So, therefore, this must be just the pinnacle of cinema. This is like, I mean, uh, the defense already compared this to 2001 as Space Odyssey. That gives you that, that tells you all you need to know right there. There are so many screenwriters on this thing that Clive Custler sued the production company while this movie was like before the movie even got released. <laughs> he sued them because of script rewrites, or he wasn't consulted enough, or they didn't have enough cannibals in the script or something. I looked up the summary of the book that this came from and there are a bunch of cannibals in it. And apparently that was too that was like a bridge too far for this movie. He had to cut that part out, and maybe that's what he's so upset about. So this movie, there's really really like eight different movies in this thing, and none of them are interesting on their own.
1: But there's a boat in it, though.
3: (laughs) Fence, do you have anything to say for yourself? First off, it takes
0: ten writers to encapsulate the brilliance that is Clive Cussler's writing. (laughs) One man or woman cannot simply just adapt a Clive Cussler work or a Clive Cussler joint into a movie. (laughs) It's not possible. Mortal Men are not capable of such a task. So yes, it takes a team, it takes a village to write or adapt a Clive Cussler book into a movie. But hey, they did it and yeah, Clive Cussler had some pretty lofty expectations, but guess what? They they achieved them. The movie came out, it was a smash hit. It made the career was of it? unknown Matthew McConaughey and Penelope Cruz. <laughs> Who ever heard of them before 2000? What about
1: Steve Zahn? Steve Zahn? How's Steve Zahn's career doing?
3: Steve Zahn's career is doing exactly as well as it should be right now. <laughs> That's what I get.
0: Straight, straight, straight up after this movie. Steve Zahn's career. Think about it. Steve Zahn was in Titanic after
1: this. He was in Godfather part one and two right after this. That's right. Ben Hur. I forgot about that.
0: Spartacus.
1: The twenty the twenty ten Ben Hur. Citizen right? Kane. You're not talking about No, it. the originals.
0: Yeah. He's in the all the originals.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that Steve Zahn was such a prolific actor. Yeah, he directed roles.
0: Parasite, that one that Korean movie, <laughs> that one last time. Oh, yeah.
1: Wow. Well that's pretty good. I know. Way to go, Steve Zahn. Steve, if you're out there. Congratulations. I can't, can can we is. talk
3: about Steve Zahn for a second here? We please, need to talk yes, about like,
1: please. Yeah, can, the actual Steve Zahn, because like. The real Steve Zahn? I don't know if any of us know the real Steve Zahn. Does Steve Zahn, Zahn. Zahn know, know the real Who, Steve Zahn? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who, whoever's editing this, you be prepared to cut this whole thing out. This whole section. Oh, out because we need to talk, we need to talk about this guy.
0: Oh, sure? like, Are we gonna get sued for libel on this? <laughs> I,
1: I saw Steve Zahn kill a man in broad daylight. And he looked at me and he said, You're next, and I ran so fast.
0: This was also a Malaysian horse. So story. in this so in this
3: movie, he's like <laughs> sorry matt go on oh god okay we haven't go on we have we haven't even said anything offensive about him yet <laughs> but like he's like uh okay how about we put this he's like simple jack from tropic thunder
1: never go full simple jack
3: because at some point it's just like they're I, i'm i'm like deeply uncomfortable by some of the lines that they like try to play off where he just kind of like flatly says my dad collects coins i lost my hat <laughs> just <laughs> weird thing. and then at other times he's like this brilliant mechanic who's like MacGyvering together a plane into like a hang glider or something it's just ridiculous I don't know what to to make of this guy and that's it goes back to the point that there are like 10 different movies in here and 12 different comic reliefs and even in Steve's on they just kind of mashed them all together and I'm not sure what to make of it and I feel kind of uncomfortable with some of the with some of the parts of it so
1: is this the worst depiction of autism ever committed to film? Yes or no?
0: We got I Am Sam. We got What's Eating Gilbert Grape.
1: We got all of Matt Damon's career. We got... <laughs> hey, The Martian was all right. Maybe, kind of. I don't know. You guys like Ridley Scott? He's only made like one good movie. Anyways, what's important here is this Steve Zahn character. It, it sounds like they didn't really know what they were doing with him. Because he's all over the map.
3: Exactly. They don't know what they're doing with him. And for a while, they have two comic reliefs, like plucky comic reliefs, like doing shenanigans. Like Rain Wilson is there for a little bit too. Uh, And then at some point, the movie just gets tired of him and ships him off in a truck full of goats. And you see him like in the one or two scenes like later where he's hanging out with William H. Macy. They're commiserating over how sad he is about his boat. But like this movie just doesn't know what it's doing throughout the the entire thing.
0: Your Honor, I think... I think the the prosecution is is mistaking a sprawling historic epic for a convoluted plot. What's actually happening is there's multiple stories converging and diverging. It's 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 what happens with a masterpiece like this. Like you can't just expect these characters to stick around for the whole story.
1: They got their own thing going on. So you're saying that in any good work of cinema, it's important for characters that were in the first half to not be in the second half. I think it's essential. <laughs> exactly. Essential. <laughs> Noted. Hmm. I, at this point, I'd like to call for a recess and open this up to the jury. I see them chomping at the bit. I haven't allowed them to speak until now, but I
4: think, I think they're ready. Dave, do you have any questions? I'm confused and not confused at the same time. What's the problem. I got the general idea of the story start, I believe. Do you? They're on an adventure to find this boat, but there's other shit going on that I... Didn't... <laughs> and then a boat chase. William H. Macy's boat. This boat chase really threw me off. That's the boat they're looking no. for, right? The Ironclad Warship is
1: just incidental.
3: No, the Ironclad Warship is, become, is like the inciting incident. And then they don't talk about it for about an hour in the middle of the movie. And then it shows up again at the very end. Yeah, I don't want to necessarily spoil it just yet, but like... So it
4: it ties it all together is what you're saying. No,
3: no, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) It doesn't tie anything together.
4: That's all I heard right there was that it comes full circle. It's tied together as well as Steve
3: Zahn's tie at the beginning of this thing because he can't dress himself. We forgot to mention that (laughs) part of this movie.
0: (laughs) Hey, man, he's just a cargo short... He's a cargo short
2: and muscle shirt kind of guy, all right? He doesn't like wearing suits. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we talk about Matthew McConaughey? Sure. How is he in this movie? Be, because this is early 2000s, right? Or like mid-2000s? Mm-hmm. Where Matthew McConaughey is coming off... The Year of Our Lord
1: 2005. Of, same as Lord of oh, War. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Matthew McConaughey was coming off of like a bunch of rom-coms. So is he playing that character in this film? Is Matthew McConaughey the charming guy that gets the girl all the time like what's his character what's who is Dirk Pitt how much sex does Dirk Pitt have
0: he's the coolest
2: kind of character
0: in that he knows everything he knows all about solar plants he knows all about cars from 1946 uh nuclear explosions <laughs> chemical waste how to fly a helicopter he knows about bulletproof vo- boats he knows about uh ironclad boats obviously he knows how to rebuild a cannonball he knows how to convert an old airplane into a sweet roller coaster looking kind of paraglider (laughs) thing so just that really awesome guy that everyone loves who knows everything about everything which is why he can have a sidekick like some guy that has a lot of stories, yeah. Why he can have a sidekick like Steve's on, and another it, read on this is so
1: fucking stuff. And in terms yeah, of his character, be...
0: it's like a cross between Dallas Buyers Club and like True Detective, kind of like he's kind of oh god.
1: <laughs> so, time is a flat circle, all right, all right, all right, is what you're telling
3: me. No, <laughs> yeah. no, he's not. you know how many times he says all right in this movie? Like, once, like if I'm going to see a, a Matthew McConaughey movie, there are two things I want, half, want to have happen. I want him to say, all right, all right, all right. And I want to see his nipples. Naturally. I hardly get any of that in this movie. Yeah. He's just kind of a smarmy, like, insufferable know-it-all jerk who's kind of like, his hair is always, like, wet for some reason. Like in every scene, like it's just he just got out of the river.
1: The real Matthew McConaughey stars in this film is what you're saying.
3: (laughs) Essentially. Apparently, apparently in the the way that he promoted this movie is that he took his RV and just drove around the United States for months and just told people to watch it,
1: which really makes you wonder. Honestly, that that would have worked on me. If Matthew McConaughey (laughs) rolled up to my house and was like, you see this movie, I'd do it. I
3: would. So and, and so, it's a wonder why. Let me let me let me grab some numbers here. What what is how much did this thing cost? The gross was 122 million, but it cost 160 million. It is on the list of most or like the losingest box office bombs ever. It's up there that with like
4: reflect. Yeah, like uh, but don't worry. breck went on to direct the Last Witch Hunter. And that made money. <laughs> did it? Yeah, so. And yeah, Bre- Bre- that, Matt, we, did it.
3: I, I mean, we haven't even mentioned. have we even mentioned Breck, which, what a name, by the way, Breck Eisner, which is Michael Eisner's son, CEO of Disney. That's the only reason that he got, in, got involved with this stupid movie. They just like, oh, you're the son of- Are you of-
1: sure it wasn't a passion project for him? Are you sure?
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's just like, Oh, your dad is one of the most powerful people in Hollywood and the world. Sure. I'll, I'll just do whatever you say. And this is the result. A turd. All right. All right. All
1: right. (laughs) Any other, any other questions?
2: I need to learn more about this movie. I've already forgotten it, by the way. Uh, So (laughs) I'm curious what happens for the climax.
1: So we're hearing a lot in this court about all the varied storylines and how some of them lead into each other, but we still really haven't heard anything about the the French guy or the poisoning. And uh, really, I want to know if this guy gets his boat back. So uh, if I could uh, compel you, force you, if you will, can you just tell me how all of this stuff ties together when it comes together in the movie? Or is it all just a series of parallel plot lines that just run out into infinity?
3: Well, it's mostly just a series of parallel plot lines. And then there's like... A weird interdimensional shift that kind of like splices them all together at the very end and they think that it Ah. ties them all together. I forgot that there was a solar plant and like a James Bond villain until you mentioned it just now. So apparently (laughs) the plague or the disease or whatever is not a plague, but in, in fact pollution caused by this solar plant that they're using to evaporate toxic waste. But they're also putting it in the ground and poisoning the water.
1: Wait. So it's it's they're doing both.
3: They're I don't know putting it in the air and the ground. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. No, so no. they 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 are buying up so
0: much. I think it's mostly nuclear waste, actually, uh, that they don't have the time to burn it all. Because what they're doing with this massive solar array is burning off this toxic waste, um, which is the cleanest way to um, get rid of toxic waste, as everyone knows. Same goes for, like, garbage and stuff. You just burn it. Yeah, yeah. it's gone. We
1: know that. Yeah, just go in your backyard. Everyone listening knows that. Yeah. Okay. Just go in your
3: backyard and burn all of your garbage in the trash can. All of it. That's the most. Yeah.
1: Get rid of it. Okay, so you burn. I've got all these old batteries and plastics. Burn them. Is that
3: safe, too? Burn them. Everything. <laughs>
0: inside. Inside in a close, like, close your windows and, and burn them. So, um... Oh, yeah. It doesn't hit the ozone that way. But they've, they, he's gotten so much of this toxic waste that he has to store it underground. And the toxic, uh, nuclear waste is leaching into the, um, water supply. And the aquifers, underwater aquifers. And that's how, that's how it's, it's poisoning the villagers who look exactly like the, uh, tribe from the beginning of the mummy. <laughs>
1: mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> And and so the the tribe is getting poisoned. Right. Uh, what does that have to do with the boat that got destroyed? Okay. Nothing. <laughs>
3: Nothing. It doesn't have to do any with it at all. So you keep referencing like...
0: this boat that got destroyed. Do you mean the boat that the Mali
1: defense forces ex- blow up? that they have to jump off of? Yeah, that's that's the boat that they care about in this movie, right? They wouldn't release a movie with two boats that are important to the, <laughs> the plot, would they?
3: That's t- That would be too confusing. <laughs> no,
1: there's three boats. What? Because there's the one William H. Macy is
0: on, there's the one they're trying to find, and then there's the one that blows up. And there's a hypothetical <gasps> fourth boat that the U.S. government has to give William H. Macy for
3: something I can't remember what.
1: <laughs> do we see this hypothetical fourth boat not, on We film do not. We do not see it. We do not. Okay. They
3: set it up, I they set that. it up for all those sequels, you know, because there are
1: 80 books to pluck from. So yeah, you're saying that we've got some sort of inadvertent ghost ship situation forming here with this force boat, which is oh suddenly way more interesting to me than anything else. Uh, you know, like the uh, the military or the uh, the general or the, the the freedom fighters. How do the freedom fighters? What do they have to do with uh, William H Macy's boat that got destroyed? What? How do they factor into all this?
0: So they're kind of like in the way for of Steve Zahn and. Matthew McConaughey, when they're in their like quadruple propeller luxury yacht, just blasting through these like <laughs> humble villagers who are in their way, um, these villagers who make like 10 cents a day and like their entire livelihood is based on this ricky little boat. So <laughs> these two are just being super cool guys and just blasting through, just firing machine guns blindly, decimating villages along the way. So the so the so the freedom fighters they they're working with those guys they're gonna help those guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, all right. I mean that makes that makes sense. Uh, how does the uh, World Health Organization factor in to any of this? They're they're investigating the plague, which is actually just uh radiation which like anybody would have been able to figure out immediately and not misidentify (laughs) as a plague right
3: yeah we never said she's a good doctor (laughs) 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 we do we do notice that like i mean maybe this is not so apparent in 2005 or whatever this was released but she's like investigating a deadly infectious plague or so they think it is and she's just coming up to villagers no mask no gloves no nothing she's just like touching their eyeballs putting your hands in their mouths and just like checking stuff out. Like a doctor. Would. No big deal at all. Yeah. As a doctor would. So I don't know why the world health organization would send like an anti-masker, an anti-vasker to go investigate a plague. <laughs> that might be the most ridiculous thing. Cause they
1: knew it was radiation.
3: I, I don't so know.
1: Strange. Oh, it just, it doesn't make any sense. I think you still need a mask if it's
3: radiation. Yes. It, it just has to be made out of lead. Yeah. I think you can get those at choppers. Drug Mart.
1: <laughs> I, I lead line most things in my life. Uh, you know, just to just to keep myself okay, okay. radiation. so there's a ton of things going on a lot. Uh, and And whether or not it's sort of an intricate tapestry or jumble of ideas thrown onto the ground and then somehow assembled into a film is maybe up to interpretation. Uh, at some point, certainly, this movie ends, I'm assuming eventually, but there's probably. At least some of the plot points are resolved. So uh, starting wherever it feels best, run me through the end of this movie
3: okay okay I'll I'll take a stab at this so once they discover the solar plant and there's this James Bond villain who I mean he's his his plot is to destroy the world or something like that I don't know there's the solar plant and I think he is going to blow up the plant in order to cover up the evidence like I guess they found out there's their scheme so he's going to blow it up to cover things up but if he blows it up then they won't be able to contain it so now Dirk and his buddy and Penelope Cruz have to stop him from blowing up the plant. And essentially there's like, uh, there's a,
0: hang on, hang on. Fight. I got to
3: clarify. I got to clarify. So, I, I'm so okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So please, first please off, clarify. Cause I, so, I'm so confused.
0: Ava Rojas played by Penelope Cruz. She's kidnapped by the Bedouin tribes who are fighting against the government who are the ones who are suffering most directly from the nuclear waste. They, living with the villagers, that's when she makes the breakthrough through through ancient cave
3: paintings that... Oh my god, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention that, yes. Uh, there's new-
1: Tell me more about these ancient cave
0: paintings. So right these side. ancient caves paintings were painted like two weeks ago by the guys who live there. <laughs> there's some older ones from like 150 years ago, but, you know, it's the same style. They're fucking... It's Africa, whatever. It's ancient, I guess. And
1: sure, yeah.
0: Anyway, I don't know exactly if that's... They they realize that the boat is in the vicinity, but they also learn through basically talking... With the tribal elders and things that the illness is coming from the radioactive plant, they realize that it's already leached into the, the aquifers, that it's going to spill beyond the borders of Mali, so they'll no longer be able to keep this under wraps, and in fact is ultimately going to spill into the ocean and basically decimate the entire planet's water supply based on oh, okay, projected hold on, hold on. maps.
1: Sahara deals with... Excuse it's Sahara. Level Sahara. Event sehara <laughs> the 2005 film deals with an extinction level event yes dirk pitt has to save the literal planet
3: oh yeah no he has to save the ocean which is more important than the planet no he has to save. he has to save. <laughs> in the part the way the movie presents it they william h macy is giving this whole exploit of how this is all going to work and he's telling some government official from the cia or something like that and he's just completely nonplussed, has no reaction in his face when he's describing all of that until he says, and then it'll get to New York. And then he just like flips over, he flips the table. He's like, what? New York? Oh, my God. We actually have to stop this now. Who cares about <laughs> Africa? But New York? Oh, no. So then that's when Dirk Pitt has to jump in and save the world. Right. And, and the Negro. reason, And the reason the evil French guy is going to destroy his own nuclear
0: waste plant is to cover the evidence. Because he knows no long, this is no longer containable. He thinks that the dictator, like he's a dictator in Africa. So like he works with him because he lets him get away with stuff, but he's not loyal to him. So he's just going to basically destroy the plant, wash his hands of the whole problem, and claim ignorance and just get away with it. That's his goal.
3: That's why he's going to blow up his own plant. And everyone knows that when you, if, when you blow something up, that therefore destroys all of the evidence. Yes. You will have no idea. There will, nothing in the debris will tell you that this was a solar plant or there was any uh, nuclear waste there. So,
1: Well, in this universe, the WHO doesn't know about like, masks and gloves. So maybe, maybe people don't actually know how to you know, forensic their way into an answer there. Maybe the French guy is the smartest guy in the movie. We'll never know. Because you'll never tell me. Nope. (laughs) Now, so they're at the solar farm, and they're blowing stuff up. How does this tie into William H. Macy's boat?
3: (laughs) He continues to be sad and just totally despondent about the boat. Like, I miss that boat so much. So many memories on that boat. Just cruising along impoverished areas with my huge yacht. Just going, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah.
3: So how does this, ultimately, how does this thing end? So they get away from this whole episode of the shenanigans, the fight at the nuclear plant, and this warlord is in his helicopter, and he's chasing after Matthew McConaughey and Steve Zahn and Penelope Cruz. And I guess their response to this is that Steve Zahn is going to throw sticks of dynamite out of their vehicle and shoot them with a rifle because he's apparently an expert shot as well. And as they're escaping from this, he's blowing up all of these sticks of dynamite in the desert. Then lo lo and behold, wouldn't you know it, he unearths from the sand this 150 year old civil war ironclad ship and amazingly the dynamite only blows the sand off of it and doesn't damage the boat at all this 150 year old ship is completely attacked completely fine and oh boy i wonder if those cannons work we're we're about to find out
1: (laughs) those 150 year old cannons that like haven't been maintained or fired in quite a while 150 years oh yeah that's right yeah 150 years in fact
2: well, they were buried, yeah. right? They had no erosion from But, you know, anything else. sand can get into things because they're in the desert. God, I hate sand. It's coarse. It's rough. <laughs> gets everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so like a Wicked movie... It pauses that plot to resolve the other plot and then unpauses the plot to finish out the movie. I don't know what's the problem here. Everyone's complaining a whole bunch. You got two movies for the price of one, basically. You got a sweet uh, treasure hunt movie and a environmentalist movie. Kind of like
2: Clive Cussler.
1: Let's let's open the floor to some questions here because I think we've all got a couple. Adam. Let's, let's start with you.
2: Yeah, I have a lot of questions. I want to go back to the power plant, the solar plant. Sure. So they succeed, right? Like it doesn't blow up. Right. But is it the material still leaking into the water? Isn't it still a threat? So that's, that's question one. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, question one should be, why is a solar plant producing nuclear waste no it's burning
4: it's burning nuclear waste that they yeah. ship in from other places yeah, yeah. okay
1: yeah. yeah they they spend like hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars to take their nuclear waste in barrels and then move it into the desert where they can shoot sun rays at it yeah. effectively that's what's happening but they right just
2: there. don't know how to store it so if, if the company did their due diligence and they had like a better protocol for shipping in nuclear waste and storing it none of this would be a problem right they'd probably win a nobel prize yeah it would have saved the world probably yeah yeah so my first question is do they succeed there do they stop the nuclear waste from leaking into africa's water stream and eventually potentially new york and destroying the world and then second how how does a cannon one cannon with three people, defeat a general and his army in the desert. That is a great... How big is the army?
0: Uh, standard, standard African size.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so 30 guys
1: with guns they scavenged or more?
0: Maybe a little bit more. I want to make a child soldier joke here, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, we'll hold off on that.
1: So, okay, so how big is his army is the quest? It's like 30 guys. Yeah,
3: they have, they have a few jeeps. Few tanks, so I think, easily
1: defeated by a single cannon shot. Yeah, you said they've got like jeeps, uh, any any tanks, any helicopters, planes, jets. Yeah, all those. How improbable is this cannon defeating the general? So the
3: jet, the know. general is in like he's in a helicopter, and it's he's got it's a fully equipped helicopter. It's got the missiles, it's got the guns, it's got all the all the bells and whistles and stuff. And wouldn't you know it? They just happen to be floating there in the air in the exact trajectory in which that the one working cannon in this 150 year old warship would be aimed at. And it just, it's like, it hits it right on the mark. It goes right through the window of the helicopter and then it just sits there and then it explodes, which I don't know if that technology okay. was in the Civil War, around in the Civil War.
1: I can't confirm if it was around in the Civil War, but I can confirm that is a well-known uh, type of cannon shot. They call it the uh, big old Explodio uh, <laughs> Big <Boobaroo>. Uh <laughs> It's a technical te- term. Um, It was developed by Charles Boomeru in roughly the early 1800s. Fascinating. So ridiculous.
3: Yeah, and then so 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 it gets into this helicopter and it explodes and it kills the bad guy, and then the this entire standard African-sized army just kind of gives up because this like still buried hundred fifty-year-old thing with one cannon brought them to their knees. Like they was like, oh, we can't we can't fight with this. We can't we can't stop this. And then the movie is over essentially.
1: Do they have any help from the rebels in this? Yeah, scene? where do the rebels come into play here? Because oh, that's, that's another plot point that I want to see resolved before the movie. <laughs>
0: <gone>. ah. <laughs> I too. Want to see it resolved now that's where the child soldiers come in <laughs> so they're all like standing up on the top of the cliffs and they're looking down at the dictator's army and this is what happens when you lead through fear and not respect upon the leader's death the army no longer has any reason to to continue the fight so they just quit um and in terms of the canon like it's it's the sahara so it you know it's very dry and Things don't decay much. It's like Egypt. There's stuff that's around for millennia. So Yeah, everyone
3: knows that they find... What would you know about any of that? Nothing.
0: No reason. I'm just hanging out here in Nicaragua and like making jokes about Scientology and whatnot. So
1: Yeah, well, they deserve it. Uh, another nautical connection there with Scientology. Huh? But, so, okay, the movie's over at this point, and uh, they find the old boat. Right. The radioactive waste is cleaned up, or at least dealt with, uh, the child soldiers are shown in a positive light as saving the day and protecting the nation. The World Health Organization is satisfied? Do we know how they feel at the end of the movie?
3: That's a good question. I don't know how they feel. I th- they they assass- I'll take that as a no. They assassinate. Mm-hmm. They assassinate the French businessman.
1: <laughs> the World Health Organization assassinates. Wow, well, we all knew that. <laughs> <exactly> <laughs> That's fucking. We we all knew that, right? Yeah. Audience, jury. <laughs> prosecution, defense, we all we all knew that about the WHO. Yep. So at the end of the film, it sounds like William H. Macy doesn't get his boat back. No, he gets
0: a new boat. That's what the government gives him for, for having saved the world. They give him his boat? And Rain Wilson gets a whole bunch of new computers.
1: Oh, so it is a happy ending. So after it just all. goes to show you. What does it show yeah. me? <laughs> um, You should do good things because the government will give you stuff if you do it. <laughs> it's a powerful message in 2021, I think. It's... Uh... Pretty powerful. Well, I I think... It's like JFK said. It's
0: like, ask not what you can do for your country. Ask what your country can give to you if you save the world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or just New York or whatever. That's that's the only city that seems to matter. So we reach the end of the movie and the credits roll. I'm assuming there's some sort of resolution with the uh, love subplot that no one mentioned.
3: Oh, the love subplot that didn't happen until the very end when we still don't really get to see McConaughey's nipples like we were promised.
1: Fuck! (laughs) Exactly.
3: (laughs) So some, somehow, yeah, so he, he wins over the girl and they're on the beach in Mexico or something like that. And then it sets up all of the sequels that we we know and love all of those that big Dirk Pitt movie franchise that rivals any other franchise that we've ever heard of
0: inca gold shockwave <laughs> flood tide atlantis found valhalla rising <laughs>
1: so so we're, we're here at the end of the movie now we do still need to have closing statements though i don't want those to go away but before we jump into those uh, jury you got any questions you got any problems that need to be resolved before we hear some closing statements <sighs>
2: It feels like they just put a nice bow on this. Like at the very end, they're just like, we got to wrap up story A, B, C, D, and let's just do it like this. Um, I have no idea where I'm going with this one, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a giant adventure, this movie.
4: That's all. This movie sounds like a giant adventure in the desert with lots of things going on, like, like gunfights, explosion, boats, like everything. Like, what doesn't this movie have? That's what I'm really curious. A, a
3: coherent story, oh, <laughs> anything okay. compelling no.
0: whatsoever.
3: A single flaw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, any contradictions. It's also really we we didn't mention this. It's like. It has that traffic Mexico filter on it where everything is kind of yellow and jaundicey because apparently that's what you have to do for anything that happens in Africa or Mexico or place that, like, United States deems is unsafe. You just have to put this ugly yellow filter over everything. It's not even good to look at and somehow cost... Where's that number again? $160 million or something? Ridiculous.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a question. Now, I, I kind of like... It's kind of coming back to me now. What's Matthew McConaughey's motivation to save the world? At the beginning, we just find him to be a treasure hunter, right? Like, that's his main motivation. He wants treasure. He wants to find this ironclad in the Sahara Desert because it has a coin in it, like one coin, but we find out later on that there's millions of coins. So that's his motivation, greed. Why, why does he care about the tribes? Why does he care about Africa? Why does he want to stop this French billionaire that's doing nuclear waste? Like, why? What are his motivations I got for that?
0: Four simple words William H. Macy's boat that they <laughs> blew up and he wants his vengeance.
1: See, that boat is critical. I don't know why they introduced this other thing about another boat with like the Civil War, because who gives a shit, right? About pleasure yachts.
3: Ple- pleasure yachts. That's, that's the only other reason that he's doing any of this, because Penelope Cruz is interested in it, so that's why he's interested in it. He's just kind of a smarmy, gross, creepy dude who's just like, all right, all right, even though he doesn't say all right or shows nipples. Ridiculous.
2: Was this, was this the era where we were actually hinting at trilogies? Do you, do you think initially that they wanted to lead up to having a trilogy, to having multiple movies out of this? And then someone just said, no, we can't do that. So like, fine, we're putting all of our movies into this one. And that's what you're getting. No, they,
3: they want this is the thing. They wanted uh, a trilogy. They wanted to make all 80 of these movies. Cyclops, Raising the Titanic, Looking for Atlantis, <laughs> all of these stupid things. But that's
1: that's it's a real the shame.
0: Other... They never made Night Probe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to know more about Night Probe. Raising Titanica gives shit. It's,
3: I want to know about. Yeah, they want. Night. They basically just wanted to put all of these things and make a huge like movie franchise, I assume. And then because this movie did so so very poorly, it never happened. but they never actually they never actually set up a
0: sequel like it is done at the end of this they even kill they they could have even left one string hanging with the french the bad guy but they kill him too (laughs) so there's there's literally nothing left all the bad guys are dead other than the fact that, that our protagonists are still alive there's nothing there's no hint that he doesn't find like another coin like here we go again or something like that it's it really is done at the end of this movie Not to say they couldn't just start it up in the ne- like with the new one with just these same yeah. characters, but they, they didn't set it up. But you got closure
2: with us. It's story. not like
0: Back to the Future 2 where they like literally show some of Back to the Future 3 at the end of the movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Which we should totally
0: do one of these yeah. days.
1: Absolutely. I think it's safe to say they pulled the J.J. Abrams with this. And they did a uh, Star Wars Episode nine where they just started throwing things in, seeing what would stick. And then the movie's over and there's nowhere to go. They're just kind of done. Uh, also like bad direction not a good storyteller so after all this i think we're finally ready to hear closing statements matt
3: okay i mean what else could be said about this this dump heap of a movie i'm so confused i feel like i say that every week i'm so confused about this stupid (laughs) trash heap of a movie there are like 10 different plots happening and none of them are good i wouldn't watch a single movie about a single one of these plots i don't care about dirk pitt his special leads buddy and nor should you don't waste your time to the to the to the judge the beautiful and voluptuous judge and jury don't waste your time with this movie it's dumb thank you thank you thank you thank you no thank no thank you you. you.
0: (laughs) you know i keep hearing about how complicated the plot was and how two parallel stories run alongside each other ad infinitum but like what would the Lord? What would you call the Lord of the Rings then, if you had to watch them? Would you bitch about how the fucking hobbits go one direction and the the fel, the other half of the fellowship goes? That's exactly what happens in half of the movie. So obviously that's that's not the sign of a bad movie.
1: Yeah, that's a fucking shitty movie. What? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible movie. You take that back right now. Only one thing can happen in films, otherwise I just can't keep it in my head. <laughs> what would happen
0: if there wasn't a danny plot line and a separate john plot line they eventually converge because that's what cool epic massive stories like this that's what they do they have so Weird. much going on that they have to have parallel narratives running and they only converge later in time it's it, it's the mark of where clive cussler's writing is at you know top top of the pile with george r, r. martin and jrr r. Tolkien. all the rrs he's up there and jkrr rowling
3: look i'm a simple
1: man how do you man. feel so about f- rl stein
0: rr I- stein top of the pile he was so good he had you choosing how the story would go kind of like jj abrams <laughs> Uh, way before Abrams. That is,
1: bold. that is bold.
0: So, if you're not afraid of complicated stories, watch this movie. Sahara. Sahara.
4: Sahara? Sahara, Sahara. sorry.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think that's everything. I think we're ready to deliver a verdict. Now, you guys sit there and do nothing while us beautiful people talk about what's going on in this movie. Okay, guys, break it down with me here. What in the actual
4: fuck is going on in this film? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, got, I got they went on an adventure and there are some side adventures and they found the boat. Wow. Well, and they got the gold. Look, but that's what I heard. I'm satisfied that they found the boat. Like, that, that, is,
1: that is important to me. I'm glad that it came through because that was the first plot point and that is the only thing I can carry through throughout the entire film. I don't care about people getting poisoned. I don't care about child soldiers. I don't care about Matthew McConaughey's nipples. I don't care about any of it. I just care about him getting his boat back. And really, he got the boat back in the movie, so this must be good, right? I can go deliver the verdict? Yeah,
2: you guys I are think it delivered me? on that promise. It the delivered that promise to us. The, the thing is, like, I, I watched a trailer before our discussion, and that's, what it, that's what, what it portrays. It portrays Matthew McConaughey doing kick-ass stunts, blowing up boats, getting some coins, getting the girl. But I'm confused because we're talking about a French billionaire with nuclear waste bleeding into different tribes and we have civil wars, and the end of the world...
4: That's all the side plots, Adam. Like, that's just the side... But they sound pretty important, no? (laughs) Is that... I don't know. All I know is they got to the boat. And they got a new boat. Adam, I could not
1: give less of a shit (laughs) about people getting poisoned, about nuclear waste, about the civil war. All I care about is pleasure yachts and what people are doing with those in a movie. I've already made up my mind. I made up my mind 40 minutes ago. But I don't know about the jury. If they're ready, we can go. Jury, what say you? Okay, everybody say, I'm going to see this movie or I'm not going to see this movie on three. Ready? One, two, three. I'm not going to go see this movie. I'm not going to see this movie. I'm not going to see this movie. (laughs) We're all in agreement. Yes. All
0: right. (laughs) Well, I take my victory, and
1: uh, thank you for voting the way you did. What? I'm so sorry, but we all said the other thing that means that you lose. Nobody wants to watch Sahara! There's a reason why this movie fucking flopped and lost a bajillion dollars. There's a reason why Breck Eisner never worked in Hollywood again for another five years, despite having one of the most powerful father figures and connections in the entire business <laughs> anyways that concludes 2005 sahara thank you everyone for joining us today uh closing statements from me watch true detective season three because it's pretty good anybody else
4: cool watch the last witch hunter <laughs> said- it, it doubled the money <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i really thought we were watching a rom-com that's why i was for sahara and it wasn't one, so I'm going to recommend watching Matthew McConaughey's other rom-com, such as Failure to Launch. Bullshit.
0: Well, I'm going to recommend watching Night Probe as soon as they decide to make (laughs) that movie. Until then,
2: uh, go
3: check out Fool's Gold, starring Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) Oh, oh. And also you should watch The Wedding Planner, also starring Matthew McConaughey.
1: Alright, alright, alright. Thanks, everybody. See you next week and then the outro music plays. Court is adjourned. Come back next time for a new trial with new litigants in the never-ending parade of schlock that is Grindhouse Courthouse. Motherfuckers.